Hello, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and a warm welcome back to the Framestore podcast, episode 31, part two, where we're celebrating Black History Month with a renewed focus on black futures. In part one on Monday, we broke down the importance of black futures with London-based Framestore technology strategist Lorna Dunbar and LA-based company 3SVP for global HR and DEI, Jimmy Vaughan. As you know, we fed the traditional Framestore podcast dailies questions into ChatGPT to give us some future-focused alternative questions. And wow, did we have an epic discussion. So let's not keep you waiting any longer. Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 31, part two of the Framestore podcast, our Black Futures special. Definitely not sponsored by ChatGPT. Other AI platforms are available. There you go. There you go. Right. So uh, the next question is uh, traditionally the what I call the cheesy question. It's the uh, it was the cheesy. What's the best thing about working at your company? But it's been changed by ChatGPT uh, conveniently to. And again, I'd be interested to see what your take is on this. Um, is what do you think will be the most rewarding aspect of being part of Framestore and Company Three in the future? It's the crystal ball again. Um, Lorna, do you want to kick off with that one? Yeah, I would say it's the collection of memories that you encounter when you are experiencing or working on things. There are times when I've looked back and you still talk to people within the industry and you have those connected moments. So I guess in terms of Framestore and being in Framestore, I see that coming up time and time again Mm. where you're in a meeting and you have a conversation and it becomes like a a pin in your mind and you know that you will come back to it in the future and it's a place where I'm forming very early in the Framestore lifespan to the company but I see those memories being formed and building those relationships and being able to look back and say oh remember when we were doing this or remember the tough time of that and the jokes and the laughter and the yeah the bonding that happens around what you do and getting to know people through the work so nice i like that yeah i do too i really like that yeah i like that because we obviously we're here talking about futures but obviously there's a piece in there about being in the present as well but there's something about going into a project and then almost projecting yourself i know a year down the line going you know what what relationships will have blossomed as a result of this project what memories what what connections will have been made what work would have been produced and I think that's quite that can that can be quite exciting entering into a project, not just about right, let's go and do this and let's set a goal, but actually, what what will the future look like at the end of this? What impact will we have made? I think that's lovely. Yeah, and arguably, I feel like a lot of how Framestore has become so prominent is because of the relationships that they've developed with clients and mm. the great work, but also the respect for the teams that you work with. Those are built around these engagements that help mm. form these strands that build that memory and you start to become the no like and trust and I think that's really important not to lose especially in these challenging times it's so volatile at the moment that we are all working together coming with our our lived experiences coming with our circumstances and when we want to look back on it yes we want to deliver great work but it's not just the great work you know people help themselves rise above it's you and how you've helped to support people in the relationships and I think that's something that I look forward to yeah bring it back to relationships really like that thank you Lorna Uh, how about you Jimmy what's your take on that you know what what will be the most rewarding aspects of being part of company three in the future my my sincere desire is that people will have the belief and confidence that the company has always done its best for them that I've been part of a group or an organization that whatever challenges, you know, like the industry, whatever volatility that was like in the industry or whatever that was, 
uh, it always sought out the best opportunities for me, and it always took my my full self into consideration with any of its decisions. Doesn't mean that everything is always expected to be perfect, but to know that you were fully seen, your full experience was fully seen, and it was always taken into in, into consideration um, to improve any kind of decision making or any you know any kind of opportunity or any kind of work, whatever that is, that that that's always been kept in mind. And so if, if employees can feel that, then I'm like, that, that'd be a great space to be in. That'd be a good pivotal moment. Definitely. Yeah. Two good, solid future focus, pivotal moments from both of you. Thank you. Really cool. Okay. Right. And again, disclaimer with all of these questions, these aren't my words. These are chat GPT's <laughs> words. And this next question is really convoluted, um, but we're going to ask it because it's the rules of the podcast. So, when thinking about Framestore and Company 3's future, what shows, projects, or tech do you believe will exemplify, that is a chat GPT classic word, exemplify, will exemplify the company's capabilities best? Does that question make sense? That's my first question before I ask the actual question. I think so. I The better question is whether or not I'm in a spot to actually answer it, right? Just because of like, <laughs> True. I'm not you know, like one of the artists, which is, you know, more akin to what our company yeah. is really known for. But I am hoping that we continue to kind of just be at the forefront of new types of of, of entertainment. Like, I just want to always be there yeah right like so whatever new thing comes out whatever whether it's you know augmented reality virtual reality other forms of experiences that we've never seen i want our folks doing something yeah. like being part you know like part of it and i think that we're well positioned to be that yeah i like that as long as it's exciting and forward thinking and yeah it gets people's juices flowing you know that's what it's all about right yeah, our adaptability and flexibility. Maybe that's the thing. It's yeah. like to always be ready to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I like and I would say, alongside my manager, that's a strong part of why the role that I am in has been been made is to to think about things across the business. People are always thinking in this way, and there is definitely an appetite to look towards how we can bring these visions to life. And also elevate our teams. What I find really exciting is that when you are engaging in projects that are more challenging and pushing the boundaries is the education and the level at which you are raised within going through that process. And I think Framestore offers and affords that to individuals. So that's something that I think in terms of projects, leveling us up as we go towards taking these big swings Hmm. or big bites of quite unique, novel or exciting mediums, modes that we can do what we do to help enhance people's experiences of narrative. Yeah, there you go. It goes back to what we were saying about, you know, storytelling and yeah, being part of that, you know, I think that's huge. Great answers to a very difficult and very obtuse question. So thank you both. <laughs> really good. Really good. Honestly, I, I don't know whether the podcast will be the same again after this. I might have. <laughs> you know, on the next episode i'll be like what's the best thing about working at frame store and i'll be like oh you know it's family <laughs> it's like i'm fast and furious family um anyway sorry nothing against all those answers that have gone before by the way not being me i promise they're great they're lovely everybody's great misconception question now this is one so this is one of my favorite questions so this kind of second part of the uh the questioning uh the original question was you know what do people get wrong about your your role so it's kind of underrated uh underrated tools and and such um so this one's an interesting take on that question where it says and again chat gpt's words not mine in the future what misconceptions do you think people will still have about your job role or field of expertise what will people still get wrong which is a harsh question because you'd think people will get it but maybe they won't i don't know what do we think about that question um maybe jimmy do you want to take this one yeah, um, I just really hope I'm wrong uh, <laughs> in, in, in what I'm about to say. So I think there's a lot about what I do that people tend to, to, to get wrong. And it's I think it's informed by people having experiences that kind of lean into 
my area and not and thinking that that's the whole of it. Um, so people feel that they have a certain level of understanding of it in spaces where I think they're probably missing some key elements of that. Um, but in my role, a lot of times I think there's a perception of it being restrictive that I think that a lot of times when people think about DEI or quote unquote political correctness or walking on eggshells or, you know, tiptoeing around like certain things and, well, I, I want to be able to do this or like, this is, you know, thinking that intention and impact are the same thing, right? It's like, well, I meant it to be this or I wanted it to be this. And so usually a lot of times when I'm giving advice or guidance on certain things, sometimes you tend to think that it's coming from a place of restriction, right? Uh, because where they're like, I, but what I see right now, it, it feels like I'm being held, held back where I think people sometimes miss the intention of, of the work that I really do, which is actually evening the playing field, right? So sometimes if you can't do something for all, I might say, then we can't really go into that space mm -hmm. right yeah. now. Like until you've been able to create something or do the work where you can provide an equitable experience for all and not just this one moment, even though in this one moment, every heart, mind, and intention is properly aligned for this one thing. But in that next day, you can't do it for another group, then it's not ready. We're like, we're, we're not necessarily ready to do that thing. And so when I do those types of things, people sometimes think like, oh, he's stopping us from being able to, you know, like whatever this is. But that being able to start with consistency actually creates a certain level of, of freedom and an inclusivity and equity, right? And so if that perception persists, which I, I think is still going to take a little bit of time for people to, to really grasp why standardization of things can be freeing and fair, then you know, it's it's going to take yeah. a minute. I feel like it's still yeah. going to take a minute yeah. for that, but I would like for people to get that on the other side of it. Yeah, and it's certainly the long game, isn't it? This The work it isn't an overnight 100, thing. 100%. Yeah. So that, that absolutely <laughs> speaks to that, and, and rightly so. So that's a, that's a great take on that, that question, Jimmy. What about you, Lorna? What's your, uh, what misconceptions do you think people will still have about your job in the future? Yeah, within Rainstore, and I would argue probably most of our competitors that my role is very nuanced and bespoke mm. and you know finding impactful opportunities that can set us up for the future so i think a lot of crystal ball imagery um also failure i think there's a lot around when you're managing risk there is a layer of appetite for failure that you have to balance. And I think there are a lot of expectations that need to be managed around where is your failure threshold, where's your appetite for failure in order to ensure that there is, you know, an alignment on that. When you're going to take a big swing, where will that position us if you miss? And what are the challenges around that? So I think that will take a lot of time and maybe speaking to the human nature side of things and around shame and how there is this connection between shame and failure and society. It's just like a bigger thing. And also money. It's, you know, these are our bills that are being paid for the good work that we are doing. So it's also being mindful of the fact that this is important work, but it's also work that challenges other opportunities and there is a cost to doing one thing versus another and if it does not go as you would wish the learning um, opportunity yes but also taking on the cost and the impact of that mm. so yeah I think a lot around expectation management and that's the nature of uncharted territory anyway isn't it you've got to have a, a, a you know a percentage of uh risk and, and 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 the expectation that mistakes will be made because that's how you learn particularly in any field but particularly in the field of technology i mean i think it is you know it's all new so yeah. it's not going to hit like you say that that swing isn't going to hit out the park every time you know that's a, no. a huge misconception and then sitting in the the shoes of others 
you slowly you want to bring on mm -hmm. the journey and understanding that hesitation I think Jimmy you've said it many times that there is a lot going on in our world at the moment so it tends to be that when times are good there is a higher wish to try things out and play and explore when things are difficult there was a lot at stake so being able to be empathetic and sit in people's shoes and understand that even though you've got a great idea and you know that it could be something that if it's no for now it's no for now so yeah it's things like that great answer thank you Lana. all exciting absolutely stuff. so this is another interesting story i'm finding this very interesting as you can probably tell i'm using the word interesting quite a lot this is a very interesting question coming up so this <laughs> is the one about lessons learned in your career right so chat gpt their words not mine i'm gonna say it for every question looking forward what do you believe will be the most crucial lesson for you to learn in your career what do you think lorna uh, can i use interesting again i think to to be interested things are interesting because you are interested in what's going on so i feel like it's an underrated skill and i think me working on that because it's very easy to get caught in the day-to-day -to, -day, to be able to go from a to b to get to the end goal but also being opening the aperture up so that you can increase that surface area for serendipity and that's that yeah. being interested so i think that's that's particularly within my role mm. is a really mm. kind of sweet spot where you can sniff things out because you've been looking very openly across the horizon and you're starting to see these patterns and that means not being closed off to certain things and affording mm. yourself to yeah listen more than you talk put yourself in other people's shoes yeah. get talking to individuals not sitting up in a room and looking at experiments or talking to technologies actually engaging with people and hearing what they think yeah. about what you're doing or what could be needed i love the uh, the, the analogy of opening up the aperture i think that's a great yeah. a great turn of phrase um and yeah i mean if we, we can all learn from that and again going back to what we were saying earlier about looking ahead and setting goals and the whole black futures conversation is yeah opening that aperture to those future goals to have those conversations to you know firm them up and make them realistic you know uh, and something to aim for so i think that's a really great answer Thank you, Lorna. What about you, Jimmy? What do you believe will be the most crucial lesson for you to learn in your career in the future? I like that you brought back the, the goals conversation because it's identified true north, hmm. I think, for me, is, is, is one of those kind of like crucial things to have learned is identify true north. Be able to understand in no matter what the situation, because it's always going to be varied. It's always going to be something new. Um, it's being able to get refocused don't like not losing your direction because whatever the goal is or, or or sometimes whatever the circumstance in order to get to the goal you're gonna have to come up with all kinds of new ways and it's never gonna actually roll out the way that you actually planned it or thought it was going to but if you maintain that focus on like ah but this is true north i now know how i can move that thing to get closer to that area. I might've had to take a left or a right here, or I might've even had to take two steps back, but I know that I'm still focused in the right direction, right? In order to get, so it's, so for me, I think that it's been kind of critical to always remember what are your guiding principles? Where's your true north? I love the term true north. I've never used that before. It's obviously the North Star, but identify your true north is, uh, I mean, that's why I love this podcast because I take so much away from it. I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking it. It's brilliant. Yeah. And again, yeah, you have that clear purpose. But, you know, like it goes back to the squiggly thing earlier, like you can go in all kinds of different directions to get there. And that speaks to both of your your, your answers, actually. Very cool. That's a new title for the podcast now. We had it earlier, but we're switching it up again. It's going to have lots of subtitles for this. Lots of T-shirt slogans. So good. Be awesome. So good. Who knew? Who knew? Royalties, Simon. I'm looking for oh, yeah. royalties. Don't worry. I've got, I've got you. I've got you. Um, so, um, this is an interesting one. This is a really interesting one. See, I keep saying that. I told you I'd say everything's interesting at the start of every question. So the original question was, uh, historic mentors. Who's been a great mentor to you over your career? This one is who do you anticipate will become your most influential professional mentor in the future? Oh, I was going to say something cheeky. There is a world in which the future allows you to bring back those who have gone or past and I like 
to explore this. I like to meditate on this idea. So these holographic concepts where people are coming back as holograms and using data sets to harvest. And I want to stress it as ethically as this can be done in order to bring the ideas and the concepts that would have been stated or phrased or held by certain individuals, but then bring them into the current context and then maybe run remixes or simulations or variations on how they may have explored what's going on now. So I like the idea of the past and the future coming together and also with a little extra spin, like this collective hive nature of, you know, like crowd sourcing, but crowd minding, where you plug up all of these general consensus semantics of what people are thinking and yeah, sort of sentiment analysis. And that's what I'm interested in. So in the future, bringing everyone together, coming up with some, some challenging questions and seeing what the group, putting it to the people and then having a splash of some really cool people from the past who are not oh, around. Amazing. I could get kind of like John Lennon to be my mentor or, or Tupac's <laughs> a hologram from Lollapalooza all those years ago and he could sit down with Pac and, and drop some knowledge on me. I love that idea. That's a future I, I like the sound. I'll just cherry pick your mentor from the past who can bring some fresh perspective on the future. I mean, with, with, with the advances that we've seen even right now, yeah, like Stephen right. talking about ChatGPT, it actually feels really probable. Yeah. Not just possible. Like it actually feels very probable that you can, you know, take kind of a some of the work that people have, have, have kind of done and some of the statements and the the work and artwork and you know, things that they've just published and put out there finding essentially what their true north was and applying yeah. it to, to normal like or to everyday kind of regular situation like that's really fascinating lorna how <laughs> dare you drop that now yeah. you've just kind of i was like whoa dropping that so late in the podcast right okay let's add another hour to the episode like, as you were saying it <laughs> as you were saying it i was like dang wow okay i totally see that actually happening so very cool um for you know, like for me, I think it's it's always fascinating because, as we've already stated, my specific area hasn't really looked like what it is for very long. So there's not like a ton of people that that I'm aware of that maybe I haven't even already had the privilege of being able to connect with and have been mentors, you know, like up to this point. I, but I think what is going to be the most impactful. Uh, mentorship for me as I continue in this career is going to be the people who I'm kind of being able to influence or doing this for, right? So I've always felt like mentorship goes both ways. And so as a mentor, and I'm sure if anybody's, you know, done any kind of like teaching, a lot of times the act of teaching cements concepts in your mind in a way that historically you just probably would have never, ever understood it or retained it like it goes into a different area of your brain because you're now having to understand not just to recall it but you're deconstructing it and reconstructing it in order to communicate it so it's it's activating different spaces of the brain and so i feel like when uh, the more that i have these kinds of like conversations or these types of you know discussions and talk to i think to to use uh an example that that, that laura used earlier of like new ideas and new concepts and trying to figure out how that now interacts with what what I know and to have to adjust and move and figure those things out like that to me becomes such an education like for myself of knowing oh so maybe not holistically did that person do the thing that I'm doing now, but there's something that's very, very tangential or very, very applicable that I never thought about in that way. And I'm going to adopt that little piece and add this to this, adopt that little piece and add this to this and add that, like so on and so forth. So I feel that the more I do it and the more I engage with the more people with a variety of different perspectives and backgrounds, ideas, concepts, and even feedback on the things that I've actually been able to do and whether or not that's achieved the thing for them, that's what's going to be the biggest kind of mentor. It's, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's the hive mind mentor. It's like, yeah. I'm going to crowdsource my mentorship, uh, <laughs> I think, in the near future. Wow. 
Yeah, what a great answer. I mean, two amazing answers. I mean, my mind is blown. Like, like I say, the podcast will never be the same after this. Like, it might, I might, it might stop it from this. This is the last episode of the podcast ever. Never, so, no. never, forever, <laughs> going anywhere. Uh, but you know, honestly, I love that, and I think your point around reframing mentoring is something that I've spoke about a lot in a lot of the workshops I run at Framestore about how you know the myth of the the, the older wise sage mentor is such a myth now. And actually you, you take mentoring from all kinds of walk, walks of life. Actually it was on Russell Dodgson's episodes uh, months and months ago. He talks about kind of micro mentors and taking a bit here and a bit there. And, and then to your point, Jimmy, being inspired by the people that you've supported and helped through various initiatives. And, you know, I, I've seen it in kind of apprentices and interns that we've taken on who I, you end up learning so much from. I mean, I, I I remember years ago working at Channel Four and launching the uh, the apprenticeship program years and years ago, and they're all off there doing amazing work now. One's a music agent. One works with Damon Albarn for with Gorillas. I mean, they all started as business admin apprentices and rights apprentices at Channel Four, and now they're out there killing it. And wow. I get more inspired by that than I do from you know a a Gandalf figure you know, a Yoda figure, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. I think both, I mean, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to continue this conversation. What a great question, ChatGPT. Thank you. Right. I know. Right. You know, <laughs> and that is some serious deep shizzle there for me. That's amazing. I, I, I think we should do another, we should bring you both back for a, a part two um, episode, I think to continue that conversation, maybe next year and see everyone have any of the futures have materialized. Yeah. Let's see if any of the things right. that we just talked about have actually occurred. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I want to see what Lorna's predictions, <laughs> right? Oh, like, I want to see them manifest. <laughs> Get that hologram of Maya Angelou. Uh, <laughs> that's that's who I'm dialing up. No. <laughs> uh, so what tools, this is an interesting one. So this is the question about underrated tools uh, on the traditional podcast, but ChatGPT have said, what tools do you expect will become indispensable for your job in the coming years? Yeah, I'm going to say something not expected and um, tools wise i think it's great to be able to have access to a variety of really some really smart technologies what i think is important and i think it was just like world mental health day i think just taking care of yourself i think despite all of the things that you can have access to i just want to reinforce that especially having had bit of time in the industry and seeing that it is a long game and that in order to enjoy it and reap the most of it we want mm. and we should be encouraging people to take care of themselves so in terms of tools is you know keeping hydrated I know that seems like a very simple thing you know stepping away from your desk engaging with people reaching out for help if you need it in whatever facet that looks like yeah I think these going to source if we slowly return back to Jimmy and the vision of us being around the campfire and all of the, you know, necessities that sustain us as as people of a, a world that yes, is modern and moving and contemporary, but there are some fundamentals that That's we great. should not neglect. So drink water. Drink water, eat your greens, have a good night's sleep. Stretch your legs. Stretch your legs. Yeah. Go for your, go for a walk at lunchtime. Or um whatever body parts you're able to actually yes of course no absolutely absolutely i like that switch and that's what i love about this episode is we're switching it up and uh (laughs) you know from somebody who's a a, a technology strategist i would expect all these amazing kind of tools and to say you know self-care i think is uh is, is the ultimate tool that we need to focus on more moving forward and there's so much writing out there about it and how it's so important for you know lifespan and you know you know family and friendship groups and just general kind of sanity i think uh yeah uh, as the world gets more and more overwhelming um i think that's a a very strong in- indispensable current and future tool so yeah great shout thank you Lord. jimmy follow that that literally was what i was about to say i was like <laughs> i love that answer and don't want to tell me uh no <laughs> because that was so good and so real right like 
man, I, I, I could echo that a thousand times of, of, of the importance of self-care, especially as we increase our capacity to do so many things. But it's yeah. just like taking that moment to be able to like, because we consistently lose it. Like, oh, it's just, you. that's, yes, that's good. Now, mine is going to seem a little bit crazy, uh, you know, a little, a little abstract. Not that abstract is crazy. But uh, I think social media is going to be indispensable for me to do my job. And the reason I say it is because having access to people's own tellings of their own experiences and stories at such volume is, it's almost inexhaustible. It's an inexhaustible resource of understanding people, understanding others, things that I've had to like learn about people's different experiences from different geographies, from all the protected characteristics that we've talked about, people being able to speak on their own journeys and having that essential documentation of people speaking about their own experience and being able to share that and just being able to access that while sitting at home in my living room on my couch, like, and the ability of people to connect and to find each other based off of those similarities. It's like, yeah, people have a lot to say about like social media and yes, it can be abused and yes, it can be oversaturated. But I feel like what it has enabled is absolutely a large portion of why we say, hey, the, Jimmy, the work that you're doing right now has seen kind of like fever pitch over the last couple of years. Wouldn't have happened without social media. An interesting take, isn't it? Would not have happened without it. In my in my humble opinion, and actually speaking about what Lorna was talking about around um, uh, future mentors and dialing up people who are maybe sadly not with us anymore, they have all of these data sets on social media that go way way back years and years and years and years. And I, mean, I read somewhere that you could you could literally text somebody who or, or Facebook message them for advice, and they'd give it to you based on all the various algorithms and oh you know, technical stuff. It's nuts, isn't it? You guys, we're living in the future. It's Black Mirror. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, interesting. An interesting take because I think a, a lot of uh, negativity gets thrown at social media in, in the modern age. And I think there's a lot of good there too. So I think, uh, yeah, really, a really strong answer. Thank you, Jimmy. There you go. You did follow Lorna. Well done. Barely. <laughs> so strong. Just about. <laughs> Hang in there, Jimmy. Hang in there. Okay, right. So we're into the last few questions now, which will bring us to uh, the end of uh, the second part of our episode, which is um, the advice question. So the typical advice or the question we ask is the one piece of advice uh, for somebody trying to get into your field. And this is slightly switched up, which is um, if you could offer one piece of advice to someone entering your field in the future, <laughs> all they've done is added future to the question. <laughs> If you could offer one piece of advice to someone entering your field in the future, what would it be? I want to play with what you were saying, Jimmy, about social media and the rise of the people that are on there and creating a groundswell around them. And that is drawing a lot of attention to them. They're becoming these centers to attract content creation, partnering with studios. So I wonder, drawing a thread from what you've just said, Jimmy, that Maybe there is also a place for people to build these communities, set themselves up in ways that helps to share their message. And should they wish to monetize it, then monetize it. But also about projecting that, drawing people to them, like the pull, as opposed to having to push into a place. Could you pull people to you by nature of something that you're excited or interested about? Yeah, I wonder if the arc of that is still yet to play itself out more firmly because there are already content houses that have groups of individuals that have set themselves up on tracks and people come to them and there's fan fiction which is I find really really exciting so what kind of blends could come together there are people that have done work edited done visual effects work and been caught by the attention of someone and brought in so Maybe it's work for us to do to start opening ourselves up to looking out, looking in these places on the social media and having that in mind that these could be places where we source people as well as the other places as well. Wow. Yeah, that's a really interesting take. What do you think, Jimmy? Again, I got to follow Laura. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just 
educating. I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually walking away very inspired by so much that's being shared. Um, I think if I were to give, a, a, like, a, a, I guess a piece of advice would be to observe, like, be, be very, very willing to observe and, and be curious like kind of fully and holistically because I think so much of what I do has to come from those two spaces uh and I don't see that changing in any in any way because as we talk about people being dynamic no matter how far in the future we're we're, we're talking about if we're trying like if the goal of our my work and what I do and anybody that's doing that work is to create equity and to create fairness that shifts that shifts with human evolution, whatever that means, whatever equity and fairness becomes. It's like, okay, now that we've gotten to this point, it now means this. Whereas at this point back here, it you, this used to be important. We've solved for that now. Now we're in this conversation. And so you have to consistently be looking at where the needle is now, where the bar is now. And what is the cause and effect of those things? And I think anybody to be successful doing this type of work, or even even just in your own personal lives, right? Even if you're not doing it professionally, but it's something that you care about, you know, uh, advocating for people, it's it's observe and be curious. Yeah. Open up the aperture, as we said. Open up the aperture. It's so good. <laughs> See, this is why... Mm, <laughs> just I, I'm 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 listening to everything that Lord is saying, and you said like it's it's such a great conversation. Uh, it's really, Very interesting. Really is. I'm all in here, all in. Okay, so the next question, um, ChatGPT hasn't done a very good job on it. So the question is, um, what's one question you wish I'd asked you, and how would you have answered it? ChatGPT have said, what's one question you're eager for someone to ask you in the future, and how will you answer it? Well, that's ridiculous. You can't. That's not a question. So I'm going to keep the original question, if that's okay, because we're talking about Black Futures. We're talking about being future-focused. What is one question you wish I'd asked and how would you have answered it? Or have we covered everything? I don't know. Jimmy, what do you think? I think so. It, it, it's not that I wish you would ask. Like, I think these, this conversation has been very, very good. I think there's another area that potentially to, to explore, especially as we're talking about, you know, kind of like Black History Month and anything related to how my own identity as, you know, a child of the diaspora um, has influenced my my journey or, you know, how do I think it will continue to influence my journey? And if I were to answer that, uh, I think it influences it almost in all ways. <laughs> I think uh, who I am is, you know, a sum of my experiences and how the world has interacted with me. I was actually asked this not uh, too long ago because like part of my family's from like the Dominican Republic and I've got like a really diverse background as well. And so I was asked like, well, knowing all that about you, there's like Italian, uh, Afro-Latino, Jewish, Arabic, Sudanese, like this is, that's the, that's the official makeup. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I was asked, how do you identify? And, you know, like, do you identify as African-American? Do you identify as Black? Do you identify, like, do you identify predominantly as, like, Afro-Latino? What, what is it? You know, that type of thing. And my answer was, I think, principally identify as Black mm-hmm. uh, for, for me, from my own experience. And the reason I say that is I think it's because that's how I've moved through the world. That's how others have experienced me. So my identity is mostly shaped by by that. You see, I'm a black man a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. You don't know that I'm any of those other things until we've had a conversation. Like we've now been talking for however long and probably just now like, oh, Afro-Latina had no idea. Yeah. And it's like, and then people find out, oh, you speak Spanish? I used to have people finding out at a food truck that I spoke Spanish was because I was, and they're like, wait a minute, mm. what what just happened, right? Because their perception of, of who I am is this, and that's the way that people have kind of like now. And so with that comes all of the things. It comes all of the stereotypes. It comes all of the the expectations and all of those types of things that that I've also been primed to anticipate right? And to see. So it has affected how, you know, like how I move. 
and the lens through which I see a lot of the, the, like the work that I do. And so how do I feel like that will continue to impact uh, how my experience kind of like continues to impact is I think it makes me a little bit more sensitive to, apt to some of those nuances uh, that, that maybe aren't on the grandest of scales that not everybody is kind of seeing it through. I think being uh, somebody that has been able to reach a certain level in career uh, without a ton of, of, of precedent kind of plays a role in, in those who now can envision like, oh, I see myself doing that thing too. Oh, and you know what? That feels organic to me or, you know, spaces that I can am just by virtue of having my own experience and that resonates with others who are kind of in my charge, right? Being able to say, I feel a certain level of comfort and a, a certain level of being seen, a certain level of being able to express myself using this type of, of language or verbiage or pop culture reference or things like that, that many of us just take kind of for granted being able to navigate and move throughout our spaces. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. my identity has, you know, kind of, um, you know, has, has influenced how I've gone about it and how I will probably continue to execute and also to, to call back to the earlier part also uh, influences the legacy that I feel that I'll be able to leave behind. Great answer. Great answer. A question I didn't ask you, Jimmy. Thank you. And, and <laughs> needed to, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. And it actually spoke to what you said earlier about, I mean, I love what you said at the start of the episode, I guess the part one of the episode where you talk about leaning in and understanding where people are coming from and understanding what they're, you know, whether it's about background perspective and just understanding people more, because I think there's so many stereotypes associated with a lot of what we've been talking to, about today and assumptions and perceptions. And it's just about leaning in and, 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 and adapting and changing mindset. So I think uh, really, really good, really good question, Jimmy. Thank you. What about you, Lorna? What question do you wish I'd asked you and how would you have answered it? Oh, Jimmy, that one. Yeah, follow that. I think, especially if you <laughs> you head towards an He's end back. of a show, that's the type of question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't know where to set ourselves in terms of a conversation to sit so beautifully where we are now, off mm. the back of that. So, that's fair. I would just echo what Jimmy says, and also the idea of playing with identity within being perceived as I'm a black female and there are a lot of connotations that go with that but the path that I've enjoyed is when people are or you are unassuming you can occupy spaces in a way that is possibly less pressured in some aspects and explore and navigate in a way that may not have the spotlight on it because less is afforded to you and having studied aerospace engineering as a master's and learning to fly and all of these things when people start to talk to me and the way it messes with that kind of concept of oh here's a kind of character that I had imagined and placed you in this role that you have within the performance that is life and now you're showing me this and showing me that and it's pulling layers apart and allowing people to you know, get a flavor of what you see is maybe not what you get. And I like yeah. that a lot. I think that's a very powerful thing as well to have in one's toolbox that you can do anything. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Glad you're both united on that. That last question. Brilliant. Very amazing. Amazingly come together towards the end. Um, not that it was a competition between your answers, by the way. I'm not pitting, <laughs> pitting you against each other. I, I wouldn't even get into that fight. <laughs> Let's not go there. That's in, that's in part two. I'd, I'd bow out gracefully. <laughs> like, the winner is in the red corner. <laughs> um, no, not that at all. Not that at all. We're talking about the future here. Um, now, this question is was already future-focused uh, on the original podcast, which is uh, who would you like to hear on the podcast next, or at least in the future? You know, Who would you like to go through, the whether it's this version of the, the podcast dailies questions or the, the traditional one that we've had in place over 30 episodes? Mm. Who would you like to see in the hot seat? I, I got one. I'm, I, like, I, it was just because I always like hearing Stefan Sonnenfeld talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so the, the president and CEO of Company 3 is such a fascinating human. Excellent. Just even like 
the fact that he himself is an artist and now is running this organization. And I think it's such a unique perspective and such a fascinating kind of career journey that that he's had that every time I hear him talk about it, I, like I learned something new and I'm always like, well, that's really fascinating, you know, or to use the word of the day, really interesting. So whether or not he'd actually, you know, actually be able to even find time to carve out to do it, because usually even on my calls with him, he's in session. Yeah. But man, fascinating dude. Amazing. Okay. Well, he's on the hit list. You might on the hit word list. For me, Jimmy, yeah. on the company three side. But yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm here for that episode without a doubt. You could be the co-host, Jimmy. I'll do it. Let's do it. And Law, tell me, talk to me. Who do you want on the podcast? Well, I think you can only match that with William Sargent. I think that Ooh. could be a nice, because they have come together in this partnership. That would be a great episode, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be fun? That would test my levels of imposter syndrome that would uh, sharing <laughs> a podcast with those two. But wow, yeah, that would be something else, right? We'll make it happen. If anyone can make it, the Framestore podcast can. We're futures people. We think big. Yeah, right. That's it. That's it. We reframed the whole, the whole project. All about futures. Oh, also, then um, maybe some of our incoming, there are a few names I can tell you offline, Simon, there's some okay. interesting people that are doing really curious things that I think could be very exciting to talk to. Ooh, a teaser. You know podcast listeners like a teaser. Good. Another, <laughs> do new joiners. Yeah. Just, you know, like people who are at the very beginning of their careers and finding out like, oh. like so I've definitely gone to the two extremes yeah, totally. of like people at the top of their career and people who are just starting their career. That could be an interesting kind of juxtaposition. Wow. There you go. You guys are on the podcast <laughs> team now. That's it. We're, we're connected. Yeah, indefinitely now. We're going to get you get you on the, on the crew. You'll get shout outs at the end of every episode. It'll be amazing. Amazing. Right. Okay. We're going to bring this amazing conversation uh, to an almost close, but we always finish on our kind of fun throwaway questions. Now, ChatGPT have done a version of them, which I kind of like, but I'm going to let you answer them however you want. So the traditional first question of the throwaways is, uh, uh, what meal could you exist on for the rest of your life? Uh, ChatGPT have said in the future, if you were limited to eating one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? They're kind of similar. But uh, yeah, what, what, what food could you exist on? What meal could you exist on for the rest of your days if you had to, Lorna? Oh, this is very easy for me. I'm not a foodie and it's not correlated to being a vegetarian. I just okay. want to put that out there. Disclaimer. So any meal that is not made by me, I enjoy that's, of course, vegetarian. It, it will do me just fine. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it might be Jimmy's meal then. Maybe you can live on. So Jimmy, what's your, what's your meal you could live on for the rest of your life? I'm going to say pad thai. Pad thai. Like I'm a, I'm a Thai food fan and then I'm sure we can do vegetarian. I love that. Okay. So we're dining out on Pad Thai <laughs> as a, in the future as a, as a, as a podcast it. team now, which we've officially uh, cemented on, on this episode. <laughs> there you go. There you... It's just, it's signed. This is as good as signature now. This is wet ink. Simon's been recruiting so, uh, in the moment active. <laughs> I've been looking for, uh, for co-hosts to, 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 to take this further into the future, which is what we're here to talk about. And my final one is, and this was coined back on episode one, where the question was asked, uh, what music do you listen to while you work? And then we've agreed to put those songs onto our Spotify Framestore Daily's podcast playlist. It's, it needs a snappier title, but basically it's a Spotify playlist with everybody's songs. So if you do listen to music when you're doing your deep work, I'd love to have a track or two from you both, either live on the pod now or you can speak to me afterwards. But what kind of, what's your, what's your vibe? I'm not great because uh, I'm too distracted with anything with lyrics. Okay, I'm like that. Like I have a hard time being able to be like, oh, let me also, and then if it's if there's lyrics, so like anything instrumental, you know, typically is good. Or I'm a white noise kind of person. I literally, when I need to focus, will have a box fan record. Like, wow, not even kidding. I'll pull up like oh, a YouTube. literally recorded white noise. I was literally going to say exactly the same thing. Are you serious? I do not listen to music. I listen to like very ambient, like soundscapes, basically. Sometimes yeah. bird songs, sometimes sound of car horns, just going around the repetition, wow. anything. So your Spotify playlist is about to get seriously an edge. It's going to get weird. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's quite the eclectic playlist anyway, as you can imagine. 
Oh, let's start it with some white noise and some bird song. That'd be nuts. I'd love that. Yeah. Wow. There you go. What a way to end a riveting podcast. Honestly, such a great conversation, both. Thank you so much for being involved and making this happen, even having this conversation, because we had a few pre-discussions and I was so excited to have it and it hasn't disappointed. I mean, the conversations exceeded expectations. I was worried about some of those chat GPT questions, but you absolutely <laughs> just dropped so much knowledge off based on those completely switched up questions. So thank you both so much. It's been an thank absolute you. pleasure. Is there anything before I let you go that you want to share talk about any messages you want to throw out there uh, or do you think we've dropped enough knowledge on these two these two parters for me it's just i'm i've had so much fun i, I thought this is really really great thank you for you know inviting me That's thinking cool. of me and 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 pair me with lore yeah. man i'm like this, i'm like i'm so happy that we got to know each other and like to meet now like yeah, right. wow this is the beginning this is one of those moments we're friends forever yeah. come on connection you see we're talking about connection it's all about connections yeah. right when i finally make it to the uk we're all going to dinner Let's go out for Pad Thai. Let's have a big Pad Thai. Let's go out for Pad Thai. (laughs) Full circle moment. (laughs) (laughs) Lorna, anything you want to leave the listeners with or is that enough, do you think, Pad Thai plans? Yeah, just the same to say yes and happy celebrations to those who are celebrating this month. Just thank you, Simon, for putting a platform together so we can come together and people can hear about what we're all doing within the family. So, yeah, no, you're, you're very welcome. And, and also, uh, we're not sponsored by ChatGPT. We are not, and I was going to say that we're absolutely not sponsored. That other, <laughs> other other AI platforms are available. I should end the uh, the podcast with. <laughs> uh, I would like to be sponsored by anything. To be fair, if ChatGPT are interested, I'll take their money gladly. Let's just let's just submit this to them and just be like, look how many times it's my application we referenced you. Yeah. <laughs> no, right, exactly. Simon, your skills, recruiting, sponsorships, marketing. Yeah, influ- influence. Um, I just want to say on a personal level that I am I'm taking this podcast with me everywhere. Honestly, there's so much inspiration I can take from this the conversation. Um, thank you both so much. I've in just a couple of hours I've learned so much. So uh a, a heartfelt thank you from me for being part of this. It's been brilliant. Goodbye for the Frame Store podcast and a massive thank you to Jimmy Vaughan and Lorna Dunbar. You've been awesome. Thank you. Cheers, Simon. Well, that concludes this week's Black History Month and Black Futures episode. A massive thank you to both Jimmy and Lorna for bringing such incredible insight to this discussion. I'm so glad we bottled this conversation on the podcast. A big shout out to Sam Sosnowski from the Global Training Team for the excellent editing job once again. In just two weeks, normal service will resume as we return with another inspiring conversation with another member of our global Framestore community. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, take care.